Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Ali and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you okay. talking to me? Yeah, I was I'm talking ready. to you. Oh, I'm, I, that makes sense. I'm the only guy here. But we are also, we have a microphone in front of us, so I thought maybe you're talking to the uh, hundreds? Thousands? Thousands, perhaps, of listeners who are out there uh, waiting to be entertained in the world of eating and drinking. Uh, you're listening to uh, Marco Timpano over there. And you're listening to Ali Hassan over there. Good episode. This Fun. is It's fresh. Yeah. I'm not hungover, which is no, good. No, it's great. It's great not to do to do an episode where we're not hungover. This is Eat and Drink. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about us. Uh, I'm going to start off because I start off with a cocktail. That's how I, I started off. I feel off. like you started off by saying thank you for listening to all your friends w- to us. Oh, maybe I did. I think you just said that. Thank you for listening, period. Period. Full stop. And then tell your friends about us. Yes. There you go. Oh, just a mesh, huh? Just a, a mesh. Mish-mash. Like some of the dishes I make. It's a melange. That was a melange. Oh, that I sentence. like that. Is yeah. that what melange means in French? A mix. A mix. Oh, yeah. great. Are you really? No, I just wanted to make sure. Have you never heard of the melange à trois? No. Because that doesn't this exist. This doesn't I just exist. Made that up. A mix yeah. of three. It's a melange à trois. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last week. Okay. I've... Um, I, I got a lot of places to go with this cocktail. All right, okay. we're gonna we're gonna really we're gonna really weave our way uh, melangely. Yeah, yeah. In this, <laughs> all right, sure, man. You, in this, that's you do you. I, uh, I I'm excited for this because uh, one of your ingredients on your uh, tray of drinks mm-hmm. is in a, a velour uh, a velvet bag. Yeah, my purple bag. I love it. All I right. love that bag. I'll tell you a story about that. bag. Oh, I love well. it. Yeah. Okay. 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 We'll get to that. We'll take yeah. a picture of that. We'll send it. Last week, we used an Amato. I told everyone an Amato is an Italian herbal liquor that is used as a digestive. Um, it's usually bittersweet in flavor, and it can be syrupy. Some people describe it as syrupy. I never do. do. Uh, it's, its alcohol content can be between 16 and 40%. We're using Fernet Branca, which has a alcohol percentage of 39%. I also mentioned that Amaros, which means bitter, these digestives, can be found in other varieties in other parts of the world. I didn't catch that last time, okay. that Amaro means bitter. Yeah. It's from the word Amer. Which is uh, which is also bitter. Uh, not from the word, but right. also amer also means bitter. Oh, yeah, in, in what language? Uh, that's Spanish, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Amarena, amer, amer. Sure, I'll, yeah. I'll buy that. And yeah. I can only speak confidently and say amaro means bitter in Italian. Yeah. And then in Germany, they have things like uh, Krauterlicher. You also. <laughs> what you call me, bro? I called you a Krauterlicher. Oh. Um, Hungary, Netherlands, France—they all have these digestive bitter liquors, but only the Italian ones can be called amaro because amaro, like I said, means means. How, uh, how do you say the sea in Italian? Mare, il mare. Do you think that it's related? No. Okay. It's a I'm totally right. different word. It might okay. sound similar, but it's not. Um, if you're a now, linguist, please write in if I was onto something. No, there. he's not. Having, <laughs> I actually studied linguistics. That was my major. Unbelievable. Um, no, he's not. He's but I want to say this. Like I'm glad you brought up that point because amaro does not mean amaretto, which we had in previous episodes, mm. which is a liquor that's derived from the um, seed, the the. The, when you break open the seed of an apricot, there's a little uh, almondy type thing, and they'll make it from that. That's amaretto. It's sweet. It's not an amaro. Amaretto, 
like the amaretti cookies, that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. As well, amarone is a red wine. So when I tell people to go buy amaros, I don't want them to accidentally buy amarones, which are very expensive red wines, okay. delicious and wonderful, yeah. or amaretto, which is a sweet uh, liquor. Sounds like a win-win, though. If you make that mistake, you haven't really made a mistake. You've still got some nice stuff, but you're not going to be able to make the recipes. Right, that you're right. I love amaros. Do you like amaros? The the actual, oh, sorry, amarone. Do you like amarone wines? I'm not familiar with them at oh, okay, all. Okay, okay. So stay tuned because coming up this wow. year, we'll have, we'll, we'll drink what? Amaroni. It's great. Right, and then Ripasos. We'll drink Ripasso and Amaroni to see the difference. Anyways, that's up. Now I'm I'm melanging my way into should, a different Should I write that down? Uh, are we going to forget? No, no. I'm going to uh... forget, but then somebody will remind <laughs> us. Okay, so that that Amaro little dissertation brings me to Fernet Branca, which is a Amaro uh, that tends to be stronger. It's from Milan. And it was uh, created in 1845 by Ber- Bernardino Branca. Bernardino Branca. Nice. You said it actually really well. Yeah. I didn't have it in front of me. I now, just liked it. There's, there's Fernet Branca, and then there's also the Branca Menta. So for some people, if they're just going to have it as a digestivo or as an amaro after dinner, this might be a bit strong for them. But if they if they feel like they want to get to the Fernet world, I would say start with the Fernet or the Branca Menta, which is a mint-flavored... Ah, uh, oh, that's what menta is. Yeah, okay. it's, right, it's mint. Now, for me, the Branca Menta, I call it Italian Robitussin because I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not 100% clear if you mean that disparagingly or if it has a... A, a, a purpose when you're sick and can when I'm you. feeling a little under the weather when my you will so have I will have some of that I'm it's a big bottle and it's uh, more than half done so you've clearly dipped into the menta this is my second bottle I bought this when I was in Lee because we didn't have it at the time in Canada where okay. I could purchase it so I bought two big bottles I'm going to let you try the Fernet Branca in its purest form pure, and then I'm going to let you try Branca Menta but this is not the cocktail we're making and I'm just putting it in that little t- glass I love this I, I don't know how to take a picture of this and show the size of this thing. But you know what? I'll take a picture of it in your hand. Yeah. How, how about that? So you so might first not of all, like this. Already smells minty. Yeah, there is mint. Right? Cardamom is in there. Okay. Um, uh, gentian, peppermint. Peppermint. I'm getting big time. Okay. And this is not the menta one. No, this is not the menta Isn't one. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so. You always come out so good in these photos. Oh wow! Thank you. All right, I'm gonna. All right. Okay, so that's the... It, it does feel like it has medicinal qualities. A lot of these were made in monasteries and pharma- pharmacies prior to it being something oh. that people drank as a liquor. It was a digestive. It was something to help you. Now, this is the menta. I really like this. Picture drinking this in the summer. Yeah. Or if you... Oh, it's all good. Okay. It's all good. Oh, here, here. I have this. Okay, yeah. yeah. You just, you just, I spilt it on his hand. In yeah, case I mean, spilt it on my own hand, okay. actually. I may give that one to me. Okay. <clears throat> I feel healthier. 39% alcohol. Oh, this is terrific, man. Menta is amazing. I love the menta. Shout out to monks everywhere. Okay, so now I know what to get you next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> When's your birthday? September? That's be, yeah, that's All right, be uh, I'll try to remember. Someone to remind me in September. Yeah, that is going to be forgotten. In Argentina, Bolivia, and Uruguay, they'll mix fernet with cola. So fernet and coke. That's a drink just like that's, that. Yeah, that's that's their thing, man. So good for them. All right, but today, <laughs> and I didn't mean that in a, in a, no, in a shitty way. way yeah. <laughs> okay. Good for them. Do whatever you want to do, you weirdos. Okay. Shall I tell you about the cocktail or do you want to talk about my, my purple sack? <laughs> 
the bag uh, that you are referring to is uh, is the one that people will know from the Crown Royal, and so uh, may he may he rest in peace. Vinnie Paul was the drummer of uh, Pantera. Oh, that's and right. I had the chance oh. to visit his home many years ago, and he had a swimming pool shaped exactly like a Crown Royal bottle. And so you notice there's this cursive writing. Crown Royal is yeah. written in cursive. In the bottom of the pool, so the lights would come on and give the the pool a purple hue, mm-hmm. like the bag, and uh, the cursive writing here instead of saying Crown Royal, it said Property of Vinnie Paul. Oh, that's and wonderful! It was the most creative uh, pool I've ever seen, and it is like a memory I'll uh, I'll never forget. And where was that? Like in California, in Dallas, in Dallas. Oh, Dallas, yep. amazing! Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Crown Royal is a Canadian whiskey made from. Rye. Well, that was the other thing. I'm in Dallas, and I'm like, hey, that's. That's our stuff. That's, yeah. Hey, he's taking a liking to, although, I mean, it's available internationally, and he probably of didn't course. even know it was Canadian, but uh, I had my moment of national pride in that moment, yeah. As you should. Yeah. As you should. Um, where do you stand on Crown Royal as a Canadian whiskey, or a rye whiskey, or a rye, as we often call it here in Canada? Not my favorite. Not your favorite. But, um, but, but reasonable. Okay. What's you your know? favorite? I like Wiser's. If we're in this oh. category, if we're in this category yeah. of something I'm mixing, mm-hmm. typically not drinking it straight... I feel like Weiser's is is uh, it's just the the smoothest. Okay, yeah. I love a Copper Creek. Oh yeah, Copper Creek based out of Niagara Falls, an inexpensive rye. When you're looking at rye, I think they do a fantastic job. Right. So, right. but today we're using Crown Royal for my purple sack. All right. So, what are we going to make? I thought it was only just that we make the cocktail named after the city in which we record. We're making the Toronto cocktail or Toronto cocktail. Have you ever heard of it? I tell, no, I thought you were just making that up on no, the spot right now. I was no, waiting for a punchline. No, no, buddy. This, I there discovered, is a thing? There is a thing, and it is a wonderful thing. It uh, came to be in the 1920s. So uh, it is the origins of this cocktail are a little bit murky. There's sort of two theories that um, I want to say in the publication of cocktails and how to mix them, Robert Vermeer says that the uh, Fernet cocktail – and notes that this cocktail, and I quote, this cocktail is much appreciated by Canadians of Toronto. Who is Robert Vermeer? So, Who the some, hell okay, cares? Some guy on Twitter? Or? That's So he supposedly it was made, the, the lore is that this was made during Prohibition in, in Toronto and so that it wasn't a cocktail that could have happened in Toronto, but rather it was one that was made in the UK and people, Canadians who visited, liked it. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I'm going to set the record straight, okay? Here's the Finally, other theory. somebody not afraid to say the things that matter here. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you've heard it from the horse's <laughs> mouth here, okay? So it originated in Toronto. I'm going to go with that. And it was during pre-prohibition, so circa 1916, when, there were, when the city saw an influx of Italian immigrants, or the Italian public population was on the rise. Ugh, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> They would have brought Fernet Branca with them. And because of the whiskey that was made in the distillery district, Garum and Wurtz, they were mixing the two together. And thus, the Toronto cocktail was born. And I take and pride in saying that, that, is that it was... a melange right there, my friend. That is a melange. That's a mixture of, uh, of you know, the, 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 the dominant culture of yeah. the time and mm-hmm. new immigrants. And uh, that's beautiful. That's a great early story of, uh, of uh, food... Uh, you know, combining and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's an early fusion yeah. of, of culture. That's the lore that I want to set forward as the truth. Oh, that may right? not also be true. Okay. That's another. Okay. The, there's, like there's, you know, theories one, one, 
one way or the other, but that's the one I'm going to go the with. The debate because, rages on. No, I'm settling the debate. As an Italian-Canadian, I'm claiming it as my own. Okay. It rages so, on. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. We should definitely end it here. All right. So here's this cocktail, right? And I haven't tried it, but it looks phenomenal in my opinion. So two oh, ounces. We're trying it together for yeah. the first time? Yeah. You can find this in select bars in Toronto, but no, it's interesting. The Toronto cocktail, and you don't find it everywhere. You would think that's me. <laughs> the cap of the whiskey Classic bottle. Marco okay. dropping something early. This time it wasn't booze. It was just a cap. It was just booze. a cap. Okay. Now, so w- when you're ordering this in Toronto, you say, I'll have the Toronto? You can I say the Toronto, Toronto cocktail. I think Toronto, Toronto cocktail is how it's going to be better. Okay. Better known. Okay, so that's two ounces of our Crown Royal or Canadian whiskey. Find the one you like. One ounce of Fernet. Oh, sorry. Let me correct that. A quarter ounce of Fernet. Yeah, Franca. I would hope you, if, so. you, if you use an Two ounce, to one is oh crazy man, for people this. are like, "What is this?" So a quarter ounce. So that's not very much. A quarter ounce, right? right? But as I just discovered, very strong flavor. Anyway, I mean, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, a quarter ounce of simple syrup. You could use sugar. I like to use simple syrup because it just mixes better. You could also use a gum syrup. I'm going to talk about gum syrup on a future episode. Uh, there's another thing we're going to forget about, but uh, you know, I, I'm going to write these things down. I'm the, going to write these things down. The beautiful thing about cocktails and food, like you said in like episode one or two, it's never ending. Yeah. So here we go. I bought it. I have it in my hand. Angostura bitters, Angostura ladies and bitter. gentlemen. I only need two dashes, but I got this because I'm like, I'm not going to mess up the Toronto cocktail. All right. To Finally, taking some pride in your work over here. I was wondering you know. when you when take this job seriously. And now it's time to stir it. Yeah. So so there's no stir. shaking happening. Not in this one. Okay. Not in the 1920s. They didn't have time for that. Last week you stirred 60 times. You needed 60 rotations yeah. of the wrist, which I thought was fairly obnoxious. I'm going to say are we going for today? Uh, 42 parallel, right? 42 times. There you go. <laughs> How Canadian. How Canadian. All right. All right. So... And before you drink it like a heathen, let me put the uh, orange slice in it, all right? Or the orange peel. Like a heathen, I love it. All right. Let me let me take a picture of you, uh, you know, pouring this other one right here. Yeah. There you go. And uh, uh, do you want some ice in your glass? Sure, I do. Okay. It's a Toronto cocktail. I live in Toronto now. Let me drink it the way I want it. You drink it. Do you drink it the way that you do you, my friend? All right. And now a little bit of orange peel. This is, uh, what kind of glasses are these? I these think. are like antique glasses that yeah. my wife inherited. So I'm okay. like, I'm making all our cocktails with these just because they look pretty. And if you have these, co- these, this china or these cocktail glasses that you never use, please, I implore you, grab them, make a beautiful cocktail for your friend like I am with Ali. A little bit of uh, orange wedge in there. Uh, once again, you kind of squeeze the wedge so that the alcohol from the citrus goes into the glass. Toronto cocktail, how do you feel? Terrific. It's an absolutely delicious drink. It's on par with the Manhattans. Like, it's in the Manhattan world. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It really is wonderful. It really is wonderful. Oh, this is a great drink. It. You see what happens when you take your job seriously, Marco? Do you oh, see what can happen? I like this drink a lot. <laughs> I, really I like it. You know what? It, for me, the simple syrup, that little bit of sweetness with the rye, 
Some recipes, some older recipes of the Toronto cocktail use cognac in place、mm. of rye. I say that's wrong because at that point it's no longer Canadian. So how can you call it Toronto, Toronto cocktail? cocktail? Sure, sure. But this is wonderful. My feeling is that、uh, that simple syrup offsets the medicinal taste that you alluded to、mm. so indiscreetly when you called、uh, the Fernet Fernet Branco Branca Branca like、mm. Robitussin. Yes, I don't get that flavor anymore. Okay, and I think it's a simple syrup. I'm going to say it's also the Angostura bitter. Oh, sure it is. Because Angostura bitters are, are giving us a bit of an orange flavor, right? Yeah.、Um, and、uh, although there is an Angostura orange, this is just the classic Angostura bitter. I want to thank you for、uh, staying with me during my whole dissertation of the history of Amaro. What a spiel, huh? But like, your like TED said, talk is ready. If they ever call upon you, you are ready, sir. I melanged my way there. That's all I'm going to say. So, I'm, hey, listen, I'm glad you're enjoying this cocktail. Yes. I'm going to say I like it better than Hanky Panky, which we made. Last week, I do too.、Yeah. Last week is, I wasn't a good. We were both hungover、yeah. last week, and I,、uh, I don't think I was ready. I think I needed to bloody mary or bloody Caesar my way into、mm-hmm. my day,、uh, and I think that was just too strong. It was a strong. It, the hanky panky is a strong drink. This is a strong drink too, but this feels more like a Manhattan when it's or an old fashioned.、Mm. I should say it's a beautiful sipping drink. I feel classy. You don't look it, but、uh, no, I don't.、No. And neither neither does Toronto look as classy as this drink. Toronto has its,、uh, you know, it's it's all over the map. You can get everything in Toronto:、yeah. class, and then、uh, what is the opposite of class? <sighs> yeah, exactly. That noise. Yeah, that, that noise, noise says that it noise. all.、Uh, but this is the best of Toronto in this class. And there you go. I like it. All right, thank you, Ali. That made me feel very good. That made me feel good that you like this cocktail. It's、uh, great. It's and, good to say. You know, this show usually ends on a low for you in terms of、um, you know just self esteem, sure, just general demeanor. So I'm just very happy that you <laughs> begin on this. This、I、is、know. my high point right、yeah. now, folks. Right, Always remember this. Always remember, at, when you're blindfolded in 20 minutes from now and angry. Yep. Remember that you had your time. All and right. It was great. At 17 minutes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go to your segment. All right. Okay.、Uh, I don't know if you're prepared for this, but you are going to see some uh, uh, Ali Hassan、uh, passion、oh. right now. Okay,、uh, I don't know you, if this room's big enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like yourself. I, I think I, you and I both have this thing where we see、uh, sometimes beauty in simplicity. Yes. When something can be simple and yet so incredible and offer so much potential, it's it's an exciting time to be alive. You know, without a doubt. This is、uh, what the ingredient that I'm showcasing today. Is、uh, is the tomatillo? Oh! Now the reason I was going to say I'm going to get passionate is because you would be a fool to refer to this only as a, a green tomato or an unripe tomato. Both of those are un, un,、uh, are inaccurate. Okay, so just to take what is to, it now? No,、Marco? I just want to put a fine point on this because the tomatillo looks like a tomato, like a small tomato, right? Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you find tomatoes in that size as well. Oh, true, true. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to continue without mentioning that it's often covered in a papery husk, buddy. I'm going to get、you. to the husk. Okay,、Absolutely. I take it away. I'm sorry.、Come、I didn't、on. mean to. Well, first of all, there's something fun about the word. Just the word tomatillo、mm-hmm. makes you sound like you're fluent in Spanish. If that was even the only word you'd know, and and somebody was said something to you and he said tomatillo,、mm-hmm. they'd be like, ah. Hablas español,、sí. and then you'd be like,、uh, "I gotta get out of here." And just to point that out, tom- tomatillo has two L's that gives it that Y sound. It's not tomatillo, lio, or whatever you want to call Senior it. Senor linguist in, in his in session. I said four years of university. I gotta use it somewhere. Okay. The other reason not to compare this to a tomato、uh, is because it's an ancient 
delicacy. Like, oh. This is coming from the Mayans and the Aztecs' time. And I know right now people are like, yeah, but those people are dead. Maybe the tomatillo killed them. Don't be an asshole. That's no. not what happened at all. But are they dead? I feel like they're not. I feel like there are the, the people. last time you met a Mayan? It's been a while. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Listen, I feel like... I feel like there's people who claim their Mayan roots or their they Aztec roots, yeah, and I'm going to say yeah. more power to you. Yeah. I'm not going to be a fatalist like my, my colleague over here, my co-host, Ali. <laughs> what a nice attitude. <laughs> you're um, but these are, you know, these are brought to you by the people who brought you uh, chilies and, and chocolate and honey. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is like – this is one of the ancient delicacies and the reason – that it's called the tomatillo mm-hmm. when in fact it should have a, a completely different name is because it was uh, – the Aztecs called it the miltomate. I don't know how to pronounce that. Can't really find somebody no. to tell me exactly how it's pronounced. Sure. Miltomate. But it looks like miltomat. But it's miltomate. And then uh, the Spanish, you know, they found tomatoes and there was a similarity. So then there was tomatillo. So the Spanish conquistadors screwed this all up. Uh, they should they, have a you, they screwed up so much. No. Those conquistadors, man. First – First, all the uh, extermination of populations, then the tom- tomatillo. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, but this thing also shouldn't be compared to a tomato because it has a whole different flavor profile. You know, it, it has a, a tartness and a, a citrusy flavor. So it has a lime flavor. So when you add lime, it's also herbaceous. So when you add herbs and lime to it, it really, really lights it up. So the first thing that comes to mind when people think of tomatillos, if they know this uh, fruit at all, they will think uh, salsa verde. Right. A green salsa. Yes. But it's, he, a, it's, it's almost like an amplificator of yes. whatever you put with it, that being lime or herbs. Is that fair to I say? I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. So you really don't need that much mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to light it up. Um, here in this uh, salsa, I have garlic, I have lime juice, and I have some herbs, and that's it. And then I make this habanero sauce, this this pepper sauce. I added a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. You could put jalapeno in there, you know. So it doesn't have the same sweetness. So if you're looking for sweetness, you may want to get stay in the tomato world. Mm-hmm. But uh, tomatillos have something else, uh, this uh, whole other flavor. Yeah. And as you said, they come in a husk. If you're lucky enough to find them fresh, great. Put them in a salad. Take off the husk. Cut them. Eat them fresh like that. Most people will get them year-round canned. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, you can, for sure. Because it doesn't end at uh, Salsa Verde. This is something you can put this in, in curries. Any place you use a tomato, try to- a tomatillo. Yeah. So if you make, a, like, let's say, a chana masala, for yeah. example, which we will do on this episode. I promise you. People, not this episode, not this but episode. on this podcast. On this show is yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be weird. I just... Start cooking. When we talk husks, I want to make sure that people are clear that it's not like a corn husk. Rather, it's kind of like, have you ever seen a gooseberry? Ground cherries or, or gooseberries, yeah, exactly. That kind of papery husk that mm. kind of covers it almost like a um, an, an Asian lantern, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, sure. the, so the fruit is covered in that beautiful husk and then you peel it back and it's this beautiful tomato looking, not tomato tasting yeah. fruit that is versatile in particular when we're dealing with um, – Latin Latin American dishes. Is that fair to say? It is very fair to say. Yeah. And, and if you can find it in the husk, there is a beauty in that yeah. too, right? Your your food comes yeah. sort of like lightly, delicately protected, yeah. right? And I can see how people would think, oh, it's a tomato. It'll take, and then they pop it in their mouth. It's like, it's not a tomato. It's, a tomato it's its either. own It's its own thing. It's its own thing. So it's weird that mm-hmm. I'm saying just use it where you use a tomato. But but you have a different flavor profile when you do. So you can use it in curries, as sure. I was saying, chana masala. Uh, anywhere that you braise meat and you might use yep. tomatoes, use tomatillos instead. A Thai curry, a Thai oh, green yes. curry. This is green. Mm. Get, get 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 it green throughout. You know, mm. get this thing in there. 
Um, if you eat, uh, getting back to Mexican food, if you eat, you know, uh, huevos, rancheros, Eros, yes. um, chilaquiles, enchiladas, any place that you have a sauce on it, a green tomatillo sauce is so great. I would argue that the tomatillo pairs better with salsa fresca, sour cream, than the tomato does. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. I don't even, I don't know if you were up for an argument, like a real argument, because mm-hmm. you said I would argue that. Yeah. I'm not going to argue okay, with you. Okay, Sorry, you're going to have to look elsewhere <laughs> for your argument. Uh, any place you use a chimichurri sauce, which is a completely different animal, sure. the parsley and the, the chili flakes, you could use this as well, you know, so with steak or with the, with chicken or fish, um, a little bit more than a garnish, almost mm-hmm. as a side condiment. This goes great there. Last week, I made chicken tinga tostados. Yes. You can, you can make um, tinga with a, a green sauce as well. Oh, there you go. So that would be, you know, the, the flavor of this with... Um, uh, what the, the thing has the chipotle peppers. Yes. And that would also go very, very well. Um, chicken soup, pozole, a chicken oh. a to- a tomatillo soup is amazing. Wow. And uh, I also found online a Bloody Mary mix using tomatillo. Yes. And um, it's a company called Toma. They make. Are you are you threatened by this? Can I talk about no, no, drink of course, makers? no, please. <laughs> I would love it if you talked about. <laughs> Imagine drinks. you yeah. were like nobody talks about no, drinks, drinks but me. me. <clears throat> Toma is a maker. Like we we both of us have talked about Walters. Yes, they make this bloody Caesar mix. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's available in the U.S. Uh, because it's bloody Caesar, and right. you know, that's not really a known product in the U.S. But bloody Caesar is fantastic. So Walters does that. So Toma is similar to Walters, where they make different. Bloody Mary cocktail mixes. That's what they specialize in. So one of them is with uh, with the tomatillo, and it's it looks amazing. And I'm going to endeavor to make the Bloody Caesar next week on is next week's right? episode because I keep talking about it, and it down. just there's just a lot of ingredients that I I got to get together for it. Yeah, and I'm going to endeavor to get it next week. So if you're like listening and you're in the U.S. and you're like, would they keep talking about this elusive cocktail? What is it? Yeah, stay tuned, my friends. It will appear. Yeah. And be open-minded. Don't be like, no horseradish. This guy's an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be yeah, that yeah. guy. No, yeah. no, no. Don't be that guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, why don't you try some of this tortilla right. salsa, which I'm uh, I'm so darn proud oh, of. Oh, okay. So just to review, I just want to say this. Well, the thing I always love about tomatillos is it always looks fresh. Like it always like – there's something about the, the seeds and the color. There's something about it that looks so vibrant and fresh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and let me say this. There's going to be some crunching. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so I'm going to try to avoid crunching. Them. But tell us more while I crunch. So I told you when mm. I was in Chicago, I was in this Latin food court and this food is, court immediate. It's great. I'm going to stop. This is perfect. Yeah. This is a perfect, perfect tasting Salsa. Thank you. The recipe will be online so that you your mouth too can water like Marco's it's is right now. It's clean and it's crisp and it's pure and you taste it, – it's not um, over acidic but you taste the lime. It's not um, It's not killing my palate with spice but there's a bit of that hint. There's a freshness to this that you don't get with a tomato salsa. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And I think also the, the reason I wanted to make yeah. this in the salsa, I could have put this in something else as well. Mm-hmm. I just feel – I was telling you about this Latin food court. Mm-hmm. I was just re-inspired. You know, I'm like a marketer's wet dream. If I mm-hmm. eat Vietnamese food or I see something Vietnamese, all of a sudden I'm all in on Vietnamese food for like weeks. Well, Latinicity in Chicago inspired me to rediscover something that I'm always, you know, flirting with anyway. But I'm, I just – 
there are just the habanero salsa. I made a habanero salsa, so a little bit like uh, peppers and then the red peppers and uh, chunks of mango. I made a, a pineapple and cucumber uh, salsa that was so fresh, uh, very little spice in that. Uh, I made this uh, tomatillo salsa. I made a, uh, a very spicy tomato salsa. I'm just like, wow. I think. You know, a lot of people need to go away in January sure. and be away from the, 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 the Canadian or Northern American cold or away from their life. Yeah. I felt, I really felt like um, dipping, de- doing the deep dive into Mexican food felt like an escape to me. So it, we've had people over in the last few weeks and it's just Mexican themed food all over the place. Ama- amazing. So that trip invigorated you back to it did. Uh, these Mexican. Sort- I want to say this. If you make this salsa... You'll know what the color green tastes like. Yeah. Because I often <laughs> talk about that when I'm like doing what's in Marco's mouth. I'll, I'll, I'll say out loud the color that it, it tastes like so I can sort of get to or try to get to where I think it is. This is what green tastes like to me. And you've got, you've got the herbs that are green. You've got the lime that's green. And you've got the tomatillo that's green. And uh, to me, this is what green tastes like. It's great. Yeah. You too can taste the green. Yeah. Visit our website. And it's not easy that. being green, but it's it sort of tastes wonderful. Green. I'll say that. Um, I don't know how well it pairs with the Toronto cocktail. I don't know either, but that's not going to stop me from drinking the Toronto cocktail. Very but I, you know, like, I think, like myself, mm-hmm. you appreciate anything that comes with a story. Oh, without you a know, doubt. Some people are like, just fucking eat it. Yeah. But something about the Toronto cocktail story and yep. the idea of uh, Italian immigrants coming in and having an influence on this drink. For me, the story that. of the Aztecs and the Mayans yeah. and this is an ancient uh, fruit and how versatile it is and how it's amplified and the variety of dishes and how this particular food item really transcends cultures because it can be used in so many yeah. different um, ways in different in different cultures' that's cuisine. It. So for me, that's uh, the beauty of the tomatillo. Absolutely. Uh, if people say you eat with your eyes mm-hmm. and I've always believed that, but I, there's, a, there's a mental aspect. Yeah. I don't know if you eat with your mind is Something that uh, is going to catch on as a saying? Probably not. But uh, probably not. <laughs> not with that attitude. No. It's not, Marco. Fair, fair. But, um, but, but having a backstory on something, yeah. uh, I don't know, just lends to all of a sudden it's, it, it, it's like uh, using the right glass and getting a little bit more of the scent of something before, you, you know? I'm on that page. Listen, you could cram mac and cheese in your mouth with no story and eat that all day and just use it to live. Or you could really live and enjoy the stories that comes along with food and drink. Would you still be eating mac and cheese in that uh, anecdote? I, you know what I would do? I would put a little bit of this on the side of my mac and cheese. Oh, to, that's good. To... That's good. And when he's saying this, he's not pointing at the Toronto cocktail. He's pointing at the tomatillo <laughs> salad. I would just pour whiskey on my mac Listen, and cheese. If you want to make it good. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. And it's so fantastic that I regret going into our next segment. Which for me is not fantastic. <laughs> well, some of us love it. Uh, I'm probably on top of that list, but uh, but I feel that there's more people coming along. You know, it's it's 2019. It's a new year. It's a time to 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 to, to put a blindfold on your friend and yeah. put something in his mouth. What's in Marco's mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's mouth? It's nothing dirty. We'll guess it. We'll mess it. Let's find out. What's in Okay, I'm going to try to be more positive because I'm always I always approach this segment very with a very negative <laughs> feeling because I feel it sets me up for failure and 
people have high hopes that I'm going to get it right, as do I, and I often get it wrong. So I'm going to try to just be positive. I'm looking forward to this. Am I? Are you putting it in my hand or directly in my mouth? Just be positive for a second. Okay. Uh, I am... Um I'm going to put it right in your mouth, okay. and there's a reason for that, okay. and I can't tell you what that reason is Fair enough. because that might give it away. May uh, I ask how many ingredients I'm trying to identify in this? Hmm. I'm going to say three ingredients. Okay, good. Okay. okay. Now, um, what is the best way to do this? I think I, I literally just have to put it in your okay. mouth. There's no other way oh, around oh it. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's called what's in Marco's mouth. So yeah. I, I'm not sure why this comes as a surprise to either of us. Can I just ask how big is it going to be? Because sometimes I'm surprised by the mm. – you put a pierogi in my mouth one time and I thought I was going to die. So oh, yeah. it was like you so put a turtle in my mouth. This is uh, this is the size of a third of a pierogi. Okay. 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 But, okay. Uh, but open wide. It's still fairly large. Yeah. Here you go. And this one's not setting you up to fail, by the way. This is an olive. This is okay. Oh wait, okay. Remember what I okay. said. Remember what I said. It's an olive. It's a big olive, the size of your thumb olive. And in the center is not a pit, but rather something crunchy, almost like a Gibson olive. An olive? No, no, no. Olive? Sorry, a Gibson onion. <laughs> it would be an olive stuffed with an olive. It'd be great. <laughs> it's radical. Man. Okay, three items. Okay. So we've got an olive. It's a green olive. It's a green olive. And inside is a pickled. It can't be, it can't just be a pimento. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. Can I have another one? You can have another one. Okay. Yeah. Feels like you're enjoying it. I don't mind it. Am I opening my mouth or are you putting it in my you're hand now? You open your mouth. You're okay. open your mouth. You, don't, uh, you don't put it in your hand. Uh, with, with your the, hands were all over my face. It's part of the, it's part of the joy. <laughs> thought you were going to be positive. <laughs> okay. It's got to be an onion, a pearl onion. What's the third ingredient, though? Okay, last one. Can you put it in my hand? Because oh, I just I, want I, to. You're going to be so angry at me if I put it in in your hand. Okay. So you got olive. You got olive. I got olive. It's it a is, green olive. It is uh, pickled in oil. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so oil is the third ingredient. No, okay. no, oil is not the ingredient. What I mean is your hands are going to be oh, so I see. oily okay. yeah. that it's going to make a positive. Marco is going to die okay. right there. He's okay. going to be so angry with the oily. Okay, hand. okay. Last one. And I and I'll tell you honestly, having it in your hand is not going to help. Okay, the, I just want the center taken out. Are you able to take the center out and give it to me, or is that cheating? Son of a bitch. All right, I'll take I the center. Your paws out. are all over this. This is so gross. Okay. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? I wash my hands, okay. buddy. I'm... A lifetime in the <laughs> restaurant industry. I'm overwashing, if anything. All right. Oh. There you go. Okay. I really touched your lips on that one. <laughs> Jeez. That one made me a little uncomfortable. I, isolating the flavor? Yeah. It's two things. I put them both on two different sides of your mouth. I mean, yeah. I don't know what more you want from me, Marco. I'm okay. helping you. One's an onion. One's a pearl onion. And the other one is... I'm going to say pimento. I'm going to say pimento, and I'm going to take my blindfold off. And I'm going to say I've never been more disappointed. Oh, no. Garlic and jalapeno. Ingredients. Green olives, garlic, jalapeno. Oh, man. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm right. Am I right? right. I am right, man. That's what it says right here, and I trust. But now that you say it, I can can, can (laughs) taste it. Uh, I'm such an idiot. Garlic. You're Italian, for God's sake. Okay, okay. I did say (laughs) pearl onion. I mean. There's no onion. There's no I know, onion. I know. I know what you said. 
Oh, Marco. I mean, I come here trying to make your life easy. I think about these things. I just need to say jalapeno every time because there's always jalapeno <laughs> in every in everything you give me. What was last week? What did we do? Did the, you did the um, uh, Japanese uh, edamame. It had jalapeno. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's jalapeno in everything. I'm just going to say jalapeno. It's like, oh, it's a jalapeno. Oh, man. Uh, Three ingredients. Yeah. Oh, right, all oh, right. I'm sorry. Like, what can I say? I got it wrong. I got it wrong. You're being very positive. Good for you. Good I'm for trying you. to be more positive. Um, thank you for that. If you have a suggestion for what's in my mouth, uh, please email us at podcasteatdrink at gmail. But the subject line cannot reveal anything yeah. and, and say what's in Marco's mouth. We call it W-I-M-M. Yes. For Wim. short. You Wim. want to say whim? You can yeah. say whim. Yeah. Uh, you could write that. You could mm-hmm. use our shorthand if yeah. you like. Uh, important that Marco doesn't see that email. So make sure yeah. the subject line, uh, not for Marco's yeah. eyes. Yeah. Oh, man. Where'd you get that? That's from Montreal, actually. Oh, from, uh, uh, oh well, had you given <laughs> me that clue, I would have figured it out. Marco, you're, no. uh, you're flailing now. Mm-hmm. You're doing the... <laughs> you're doing the uh, Equivalent By God, it was a green. I, I, for the record, it was a green olive. That's all I'll that. say. That got, one, I mean, one of the man, three. You so. haven't gotten olive. What are we even doing here? You mm-hmm. know? Do you prefer olives with the pit or no pit? Here's the thing. The reason I ask this is this: If you're yeah. ever in Italy, so here's a cautionary tale for yeah. everyone listening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I you're know ever, what this tale is. Okay. If you're ever in Italy and you have olive bread, which is very prevalent, especially in the southern part of Italy, if you're in Puglia, which is the heel, if you look at Italy like a boot, yeah. and they serve you olive bread. Don't crack your tooth. Realize that those olives will have the pit in it because that's the way that many Europeans feel you should be eating olives. It's the freshest way rather than to de-pit it or debone the olive to keep it as it is. There is a restaurant, Mm -hmm. Macchiato. No, that's not right. It's in that space. Anyway, I'll get that name because they're great. But on their pizza, they have olives with the pits in it. And on the menu, it's written... As small as you can imagine, right? Our pizzas are not cut, and the olives are not pitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like yeah. if you don't know that, your mid conversation with somebody having the time of your life, you could have a tooth just crack in half. Oh yeah, we had when I was a tour guide in Italy. We were often sort of told, "Listen, remind the guests that the olives will have pits." So I'd say, folks, I just want to let you know, if you see an olive, there is a pit in it. I don't care if it's in your um, bread, on your pizza, in your ice cream. There's going to be a pit in that olive. Deal with it. The bread is actually particularly insidious because at least on a pizza, you see it there. In the the bread, people just – you picture a tourist going to Italy going, oh, I love this bread. And then, oh, my God. And and I have to say, I side with the Europeans on this point because here's the thing. Of course you would. Well, listen. (laughs) You would. Where do you stand on this, the pit issue? Uh, because here's the okay, thing. Yeah. We we live in a society where everything has to be, you know, deboned. De- like, like it doesn't, it can't look like the animal that it was. And we can't, not that, not that olives have bones or that they're an animal. He thinks olives were an animal. This is embarrassing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're so like everything, the, the cherries have to be pitted. Everything has sure. to be so easy for us to eat. And that's not the way the the food item comes and it should not come to the table like that. I'm 100% now, on your side. In this case here, this is uh, what makes the olives special because they're big olives and you you pit it and you stuff it you with something else. You the pit and you replaced it with something more delicious yeah. than the pit. Now we're talking, yeah, right? Yeah. There's no laziness. There's extra no. work, if anything. Uh, yeah. What do you look for with olive oil just before we go? 
since we're on the olive top, we should have an olive. We should have. A, Let's just just, just dedicate it. Uh, yeah, 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 because yeah, it's too absolutely. it's too complex to get into. Because I can, oil, I can make a tapenade of some kind, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can put something completely different in your mouth that you will again fail to recognize. But but for me, <laughs> olive oil is very important. Yeah. So we need to talk about olive oil. Not not right now, but we need to talk about olive oil. Now, if we did eat and drink. Would your drink be olive oil? Oh, I could put I could put olive oil in a cocktail. In fact, I had a beautiful beet cocktail years ago that was. um, Did you say beet cocktail? Beet beetroot. Okay, yeah, Yeah. beet beet cocktail. I'm very self conscious of the way I speak now. No, no, no. What I meant was like I thought it was something like a beet cocktail. You're on the beet. No, no, no. I thought it was a way of. uh, I thought it was a description of the types of cocktails. No, it's a beet. I've never heard of a a beetroot cocktail. And it had uh, olive oil floating on top, and it was—it's uh, out of this world. So I'll look—I'll look for cocktails that have olive oil when we do the olive oil episode, yeah. and and we'll we'll talk about it because a fine olive oil, you should—if you're going to spend money in your culinary adventures, get yourself a good a good quality olive oil. And I want to say this as an Italian in particular. Be careful because Italians will fuck you with their olive oil. They'll send olive oil here that they say is extra virgin, and it's and it's lamp fuel. It's not olive oil. So here's what I would recommend. If you don't know the source of the olive oil, look for California olive oil and olive oil from Israel. They generally speaking, they don't fuck you over. They give you a high quality of olive oil. What they say is the olive oil will be the olive oil. I'm going to say as an Italian, I'm embarrassed that Italians and, and, and they do this. They'll send the poor quality olive oil here or olive oil that's been cut with safflower oil. And call it pure extra virgin olive oil when it's anything but. That's all I'm going to say. If you're wondering why I've been smiling the entire mm-hmm. time you're talking, it's because my friend Frank Spadone, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know I've Frank. I love Frank. He has that joke where his mother goes, be careful of these girls. They're like the olive oil. Ma, what do you mean like that? They say they're extra virgin, but they've been pressed a few times. You know what I'm saying? I could not get that out of my head the entire time while you were like, they will fuck you. Yeah, yeah. While I'm smiling and I thought yeah. you might be like, what is wrong with this lunatic? This is not no, funny. No. I'm very serious. Yeah, I'm serious but, about um, all of them. Yeah, well, that's a great, uh, that's a great tip. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do an episode on that. I'm giving you a little preview with my rant, yeah. okay? Because, <laughs> because, Passion. Yeah. Amor. Yes. You have it. Uh, good, good stuff. All right, well. So far, all I've really taken note of is that you're gonna, <laughs> there's going to be gum syrup. In yeah, our gum future, syrup. Yep, gum and uh, and olive oil mm-hmm. episode. We mentioned three other things we're going to talk about. Caesars, sure. hopefully next Caesars. week. Caesars, Caesars. bloody week. Caesars. Yeah, not the Caesar salad, the bloody Caesar, which is a cocktail. Yeah, which yeah. Is a good cocktail. yeah that everybody a good... should know about. It's a crime yeah. that more people don't. It is a crime because you know what? They often go to the lesser cocktail, which is the Bloody Mary. Oh, which I think it the lesser. This is great. We got to save this. Listen, I, I, yeah. To me, it's a garbage cocktail, and I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to just leave that hot potato. On the table. Hot words, hot words. Yeah. Leave it with some heat. <laughs> All right, I've been Ali Hassan, and that is Mark. Timpano until we eat again. We hope you got your fill of eat and drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. Bottoms up.